and welcome back to the Worst Sister Shire podcast. We're three sisters who are doing a weekly podcast about all of our favourite shows and movies. Our motto is, if attempted murder is a crime, then attempted comedy is a podcast. Every week we alternate between covering a movie or a TV show. This week we're back to covering Pretty Little Liars in our segment we've named Shadeswood. Today we'll be covering episodes 7, 8 and 9 of season 1. We'll start off with quickly recapping the episodes, and following that, we'll have a discussion about the characters, plots, and major events. So, let's get started. Say hi, guys. Hi, I'm Suna. Hi, I'm Sadie. And I'm Arzum. So, why don't we just get right into it, and I'll give the summary for episode seven. Oh, does anyone remember what episode seven is actually called? The Homecoming Hangover. So, it's the day after Homecoming, and we see that Emily has survived with just a small head injury and a sprained wrist. She also won a raffle for a brand new Corolla, which is nice. Each of the girls are going through their own things that we'll cover in depth throughout the episode. But what's important to note is that after Emily gets taken to the hospital by Toby, he goes on his motorbike and drives off. No one really knows where he is. Jenna wants the files the girls have on Toby, but the girls throw it into a river. Fitz is in New York interviewing at other schools. And finally, Ella and Byron separate and Ella moves out. So did you you want to recap episode eight for us? So in episode eight, we see that um, Allison is set to have another memorial. Allison's older brother, Jason, returns and he takes over the memorial service and he changes the program to include a speech from Jenna. And Suna, did you want to cover the last episode for today? Yeah, so the last episode is The Perfect Storm, which is one of my favourite episodes from Pretty Little Liars. Like from the whole show? Like from the whole show, yeah. I think it's one of the iconic episodes. I like an episode where, um, you know, it's kind of self-contained in the school and, the you know, they're forced to stay there by outside circumstances. I think there isn't a word for this kind of episode. Is it called a bottle episode? I don't know. I might be making that up. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just assume it's called a bottle episode. I'll Google this one later. Um, but it's kind of like one of my favourite kind of episodes because it's all like self-contained and it's all the drama between the characters kind of comes out because they can't get away from each other. So it's one of my um, favourite episodes of the series, I think. That's a big claim for like a seven-season se- series. <laughs> I know, but I think it's iconic. I'll mention what some of my other favourites are as we get to them. I don't want to give any spoilers to Sadie, but I think it's um, up there with some of the more iconic ones that you are thinking of right now. Yeah, I know <laughs> the one that you're thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Um, Way to tease, guys. I'm having a hard time keeping up with three episodes at a time. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous of you, Sadie. Like, I wish I was watching this show for the first time. Me too. Like, oh just God. savor every moment while you can because you'll still be able to rewatch it, but you'll never have that, you know, I don't know what's coming next feeling. Yeah, so episode nine is The Perfect Storm. And in this episode, the liars are getting ready to sit for their SATs in the high school. For some reason, Alex's school is also taking their SATs there. Anyway, there's a storm coming over. Um, they get to the school. Turns out they can't take the test because all the electricity has gone out. So they're all kind of hanging out in um, different parts of the school and all the characters get to interact with each other around all the drama that's happening. So the major things that happen in this episode is that Emily just acts super sus for what we find out is no reason. Um, Ezra, who had gone missing for a while and Arya kept trying to call him and get in contact with him, appears. We find out some drama about Spencer's mum and how she knew Alex before Alex and Spencer started dating. And the last major plot point in this 
um, show is the drama that happens between Mona, Lucas and Hannah. So Mona's being annoying again and picking on Lucas and Hannah sticks up for her. And yeah, they're the main things that happen in this show, in this episode. So I think we should probably just get into talking about um, the episodes. Yep. Um, Sadie, quick name a character. Hannah. She's my favourite at the minute. Okay, what do you like about Hannah at the moment? I like that she's separating herself from Mona. She's got her feet on the ground. She's been helping her mum. She's getting friendlier with Lucas. She's being more appreciative and more, I don't know, nicer in general. Mm. And she's funny. Yeah, I agree. One thing about Hannah that's shown to me in these episodes was when she had that chat again with Emily, when Emily was like, oh, you know, what if I'm wrong about who I am? And Hannah's like, nobody cares. Like, you were Emily dating Ben. Now you're going to be Emily dating Maya. Like, we still love you. I just thought that was really, really, really sweet. And also a really good way to phrase it as well. Yeah, I agree. Something um, I really liked about Hannah in all of this is when she, her family started to go through financial troubles and she finds out about it, she isn't really blamey like you would kind of expect because in you know, the first few episodes you kind of see a more spoiled side of her. Mm. She's um, very quick to like start selling her belongings and buy groceries and start chipping in and helping, which I think is also just something that shows like her core values and her, her character. I think so too. I also like how she... um noted out over internet videos <laughs> yes with the lucas i was like oh this is my everyday life <laughs> this is what i do <laughs> i realized i might be a nerd and another little scene that i liked with her was when she accidentally blurted out that she um stole sunglasses and they were like pushing and she's like focus the line i liked from that exact instance that you're talking about is when um aria says from who like she says something about stole glasses and aria's like from who and she's like from a store not from a person like i've got some class (laughs) (laughs) no i think hannah is like the glue that's holding the girls together at this point yeah you're right she's a pretty pretty good character um... i think of all of them like i think she's meant to come across as like you know ditzy and um, you know, the popular blonde girl, but she comes across as the one that's like got the most kind of warmth and care at the moment. Yeah, she's very caring. Yeah, so in my notes, I have a little note um, here that says like, love heart, Hannah. I, re- I really do like her in these couple of episodes. <laughs> I have in my notes about Hannah though, um, about that scene where Lucas is showing her the snowboarding turkey and the cat playing ping pong. I was like, Hannah's never seen an animal video on the internet, <laughs> lol. But also, I was thinking this and too, then, but also I realised this was like 2010, right? Were we watching a lot more animal videos in 2010 or did it grow over time? Like, it's not like it was last week. If it was last week, it would be a shocker. I don't know. I feel like we watched a fair amount of animal videos in 2010. I think there was some animal videos, but maybe not to the extent that there is now. Like, for example, right now, I watch at least 30 dog videos a day. <laughs> And that's not including the 20 I send you. And that's not including the 20 you send me, exactly. (laughs) So, like, I don't think it was that prevalent. I have in my notes that Hannah's also sad that Sean doesn't like the skate snowboarding turkey. Yeah. Also true, though. That was pretty great. (laughs) I think, yeah, that scene kind of showed how she's changing. Like, you know, like she doesn't have as much in common with Sean anymore, like, She's more finding things yeah. in common with a nerd like Lucas who finds these videos hilarious and Sean's like, oh, that's not real. Yeah, so what else happens to Hannah in these episodes? 
She tries mm. to go bring the um the file back and there's police there, so she panics. And um she decides it's a good idea to go throw the file in the river. Well, she tried to burn it, to be fair, and Arya threw it in the river. Not this, okay. So you've got a bunch of papers you want to get rid of, and your first your first thought is to throw it into a river instead of setting it on fire. Yeah. Like I would have even 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 accepted shredding it. Like they didn't yeah. even do that. No, to be fair. That was their second thought because last week Emily had the thought to cut her photos into four. <laughs> yeah, and that didn't work because the photos of them kissing still got out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they had to try something different and they tried the river. Like, what I don't get right was when they were trying to get rid of these files, Spencer was with her. She's a smart one. Yeah. No one, no one, not even her questioned this, this choice. No, she did. The whole point was that she was running after Hannah telling her to stop doing it. She was like, no, Hannah, don't do it. And Hannah was like, I'm sick of doing holding on to these. And then Arya got sick of both of them and threw them into the <laughs> river. But also with Spencer, she probably didn't think of it because um, she didn't have anything of Melissa's to copy for the, for the ID. <laughs> shade thrown. That is some shade in Shadeswood. <laughs> Melissa's like, WWMD, what would Melissa do? <laughs> yeah, I think that's all with Hannah, though. Like, Hannah's story storyline is, like, dwindling down where she's helping other people more than herself. Mm. Like, she's in a lot of, like, side storylines, but her main one is essentially that, you know, she's not going so good with Sean. She's trying, though. She's having feelings towards Lucas, and that's about it. Yeah, I was trying to think. And, yeah, she's also having money problems and selling off her bags and stuff. And Lucas is helping her. And Mona brought one of her bags, which we find out in The Perfect Storm. Yes. Um, Yeah. She's like, I know you got that bag from eBay. Yeah, and she plays it off like it was a joke. Yeah, I bought it as a goof. I bought it as a goof, yeah. I always buy bags as a goof. (laughs) Um. Who do we want to cover next? So now you pick. Uh, how about Emily? Because that's who we kind of start on. So the last uh, episode we ended with, Emily had fallen and we didn't know what happened to her. So at the start of this one, we find yeah. out that Emily is fine. She's uh, on bed rest and she's got a, like some minor injuries, but nothing major. There is that throwaway line that you mentioned earlier about how she wins a Corolla. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that cast? Yeah, but also that's the only line we hear of it. And I don't know if we see anything more about this Corolla in the upcoming episodes. Like, No, she just happens. That's just her car, I think. Yeah. I think they needed somehow for her to be able to have a car on a one-income family because her bicycling everywhere was inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. It was just such a... <laughs> yeah, the writers are like, oh, she, next episode she needs to go to the next town. How she go and get there? <laughs> Bicycle. Bicycle. <laughs> but yeah, it was just like such a throwaway line. Like we didn't see it happen or anything. It was just like, oh, you got your head smashed, and you won a Corolla. <laughs> yeah, and um, her mum starts getting suspicious about Toby and asking her a lot of questions, and she's like shielding them. Yeah, and she didn't tell her mum that she broke up with Ben. Yeah, she didn't tell her mum. Um, she didn't tell her mum she was going with Toby. Her mum was rightfully um, worried because, like, that guy just came back from 
a school for troubled people or something, wherever he went, or whatever that place was called. It was another iconic line from Pam where she was like, do you have any ideas what um, our neighbours would think or what would they think of you about going to homecoming with Toby? Yeah. <laughs> like, she is like a full supporter of not making it in yeah. Rosewood. <laughs> she wants no one to make yeah. it. <laughs> she wants people to make it. And right now Emily is not making it because people will gossip. She's not making it. But also she raised a really good point of like, what kind of a date drops their um, date off at a hospital and takes off and disappears? It's highly suspicious. Um, And then the next thing Emily does is they have the memorial. They do the um, speeches and stuff. And then Emily starts acting really suspicious. So she lies about where she was. So the girls are meant to be um, studying at Spencer's house and Emily doesn't show up. Then she tells them that she was, uh, what did she tell them she was doing again? Um, That she came home late from practice and she went home and crashed. And then um, when Wilden comes over to ask them where they were because the memorial got trashed, she says she was with the girls and then gets all defensive when they're like, well, where the hell were you then? Meanwhile, this girl has not repeated outfits. (laughs) And she's... (laughs) in any of the other episodes. And she's like, sorry. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm going to the restroom in case you all want to come into the cubicle with me. <laughs> I know, right? But also, if, like, you expect your friends to lie to the police about where you were, you better tell them where you actually were. Don't be like, oh, I thought we were going to stick together. No questions asked. Like, if you expect me to lie to the police for you, you better tell me where you were. In my notes, I've got here muddy shoes. She only has one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This girl, like, just has never repeated an outfit. For the next seven seasons, we'll never repeat an outfit again. But for some reason, she can't not leave her sus muddy shoes at home. (laughs) She's got to wear her sus muddy shoes. And then, um, you know, she's acting sus the whole time about where she was. And then she gets that... um, letter from a a gives her the letter that she had written to allison when she was mad at allison for not reciprocating her feelings um and then we find out that the reason she was acting sus was because she went to allison's memorial but it was after it was already trashed she didn't trash it and she went there to apologize to ali and here's the thing though why wouldn't you just tell that to people that would make your life so much easier why wouldn't you say, hey, guys, I felt like remembering Alison last night, so I went to her memorial and it was trashed. No deal. She did the least sus thing possible and acted like the weird, the biggest weirdo <laughs> following it. Is that not what this whole show is, though? All of them doing normal things and then acting sus about it? Yes. And then, yeah, it's just like... You didn't have to tell them about your feelings for Alison or any of that. Just Like, it's perfectly legitimate. You worked, you were close friends with her. You worked on her memorial. It's perfectly legitimate for you to say, I wanted to stop by her memorial on my way home and I realised it was trashed. You don't have to hide that and act sus and wear muddy shoes around the place. <laughs> um, something else that happened to Emily is that she got a visit from Jenna. Yes. Which I have just in my notes about that interaction. Jenna has a German shepherd in this episode that barks in Emily's face to wake her up, which, as Suna, who is a dog owner, knows this is a very accurate way to be woken up. Correct. Um, (laughs) Small spoiler, we never see this dog again. I know, I was thinking that. I was wondering that when we watched it, because I was like, I don't remember her having a dog at any other point. It's just for this one episode, momentarily. 
to wake up Emily. It's her alarm dog. <laughs> it's actually Emily's alarm dog. We never see the dog wake up. Um, Jenna. Yeah. Yeah, well, I have two alarm dogs, so I can tell you they're very effective. But the whole point of um, Jenna coming in with her alarm dog was because she wanted to make sure, or tell Emily anyway, that she wants Toby's file um, back from them. Because obviously she overheard them when they were in the room of mirrors and they couldn't see the 30 Jennas. And so she wants the file back. And before um, the girls throw it into the river, Emily's trying to call them to tell them to keep the file, but... She was too late getting a hold of yeah. them. Yeah, as soon as they throw, throw it in the river, um, Emily sends, I think it was Aria, a text that says, whatever you do, don't throw those, um, don't get rid of those papers. And they had just thrown it. Yeah. But, like, you could have just turned around and picked it up because that river was not flowing. It was just sitting there, which is part of the problem. <laughs> which also we see later on, A does in fact go and pick up yes. those papers from the, from the water. <laughs> yes, because it was the... Worst way to dispose of documents ever. In these last three episodes, there was no creative A messages at all, right? There was hmm. A messages, but they weren't, like, creative, like, the first couple of episodes. So, like, the more you see this gloved hand, the less creative your messages are getting. Hmm. Interesting. Good point. I think you're right. I don't think any of them were particularly creative. I didn't think about this. That's everything in the way of Emily, isn't it? Well, I was going to say, she also saw Toby's bike all messed up after an assumed car accident. So, um, bicycle accident anyway. And she sees Jenna crying and stuff. Emily then later on crying to her friends. So this is kind of indicating that Toby's, you know, seriously hurt or dead. Maybe he's the minus one from the last episode. And Ooh. Um, and we do also get a te- Emily does get a text as well from A saying, thanks for getting Toby out of my way. And then, yeah, the girls start questioning, well, maybe Toby wasn't A like they thought. But then I think at some point they're like, well, what if Toby is A? And then he's just trying to throw us off track. So they're still not sure who A is. Well, with Toby missing, him being A is a great possibility Mm. because he's not there anymore. He'll have time to run around and do A things. I was just going to say A's got nothing but time. A's got nothing but time. Is it like an adult? I was going to say, do you think adults have all the time in the world? Non-working adults. So what, you think it's Pam? Pam Fields? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. She might be trying to scare them straight. (laughs) What about Aria's mum? She's out of a job. She needs money. She's not out of a job. Still works at the gallery and she's substitute teaching. She's got two jobs, bro. She's got one and a half. Like, come on. My God, do not job judge. Okay, you have one job and two kids. How much time do you have in your life? You have one and a half jobs too, Sadie. You have all the time in the world. (laughs) (laughs) A's got all the time in the world, so I'm just spitballing here that it's someone who doesn't have a job. Please feel free to spitball. I'm just um, toying with the idea. (laughs) I'm just testing out your theories. So you guys know the saying, um, we all have as many hours in the day as Beyonce. I wish we had as many hours in the day as A. A is grinding. A is out there. <laughs> A is giving it their all. Yeah, but are their hands not sweaty in the gloves yet? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they don't have hands. Don't... I saw the glove, man. I saw the glove. <laughs> Maybe it's a foot. <laughs> you guys didn't mention how Emily was wearing her scarf again. Oh, was she wearing it again? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, for her date with Maya. See, this is why I could never make it in Rosewood. I didn't notice the scarf. <laughs> also, can I just ask, do any of you in your hometown have a kissing rock? Yeah. 
Don't you? No. I do not. <laughs> In Dede's village, we have a we have a marriage drop. Ah. Okay. Tell me more. Okay. So, um, if you want to get married where Dede's from, the man has to go and move this rock from one point to another to prove that he's ready for marriage. Um, I don't know. I think so. Ah, okay. Get us a photo next time you're there. Yeah, I will. Anyway, back to whatever we're talking about. We're talking about Emily and Maya. So they have gone to a movie now and they, I guess, are dating. So in one of my notes for episode eight, um, we have a little scene with Emily and Maya where they're just sitting outside the school and like giggling and doing like coupley things. And Emily is like, oh, my God, you're terrible. And Maya's like, just do it. And Emily closes her eyes and she feeds her a mandarin. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> saucy. So saucy. Um, I can't believe you made me do that. It was so like, oh, my God, you're terrible. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the scene when Emily asks um, Maya out on the date, I thought it was so cringe. I don't know why. I just couldn't. <laughs> It was she really was like, cringe. A dinner and a movie. I think people have a word for that. She's like, um, yeah, I think they call it a date. <laughs> like, yeah, I've I heard know. of those. Yeah, that whole conversation was just so cringe. <laughs> it was very cringe. I had yeah. like secondhand embarrassment watching it. I know. I was like, oh my god, like just break up and leave town. That's too embarrassing. <laughs> Fitz's idea of a date was where he gave Ari a pasta on his living room floor. Like, okay, first of all, as if you, personally you, wouldn't like that date. I I personally would, but I'm a trash person. I have no class or taste. Ari supposedly is evolved and mature. And we know she's only kidding herself. Okay, now tell me how it's not mature that she's sitting on no furniture eating out of a eating out of a plastic tub because that's the most adult thing you can do. <laughs> that's like the first thing you do when you get your independence, right? You sit on no furniture and eat out of plastic tubs. <laughs> <laughs> My husband and I first moved into our place. We had no furniture yet. We were having our we had a fridge. And we had our picnics on the floor with no couch yet because our couch was yet to be delivered. <laughs> we had a bed and a uh, fridge and that was it. That was our worldly possessions. <laughs> That's all you need. When I was unpacking up all of my stuff, like my last night in my apartment, I had packed up my whole kitchen. So I was ordering food in. I ordered... um. I won't name, name any place, but it was a Mexican place. And um, mm-hmm. I ordered a bowl. And I specifically on the app, like put, um, tick the request utensils thing and also wrote in the notes, please like provide utensils <laughs> because I had packed all of mine away. They did not give me utensils. <laughs> please elaborate how you proceeded to eat this bowl without utensils. <laughs> so... I went into my wallet and I got like a card for one of the businesses I don't use. I don't actually use anymore. So it was like one of the um, membership cards for like a clothing store that I never actually used the card for. And so I just gave it a good rinse and started using that as like a mini shovel for my for my um, burrito bowl. <laughs> 
than just eating it with your hands. It was hot. <laughs> but I had packed up my kitchen. I couldn't fashion a spoon out of foil. Thing. Like, I feel like surely you had something that was better than a card. <laughs> I probably did, but it was just what I thought of at that point in time. I did, like, think about going over to one of my neighbours and asking if I could borrow a fork and explaining why. But I was too awkward. I didn't want to talk to anyone. So I was like, oh, this card will do. So she's got a floor knife, but no floor fork. <laughs> I needed a floor fork. <laughs> you should have used your floor knife. That's such a good point. It was a very sharp floor knife. I would have 100% given myself a joker smile. You know why I'm laughing? <laughs> I'm imagining you eating your whole meal with a card and then realising the fork was at the bottom of the bag. <laughs> That would have been hilarious. I didn't double check it, so it could have been. But yeah, who are we talking about next? Let's do Arya and end with Spencer, I say. Because Spencer has the most drama, I feel. So one line I really like in episode seven from Arya, this is like one of the only Arya lines I like, is um, in the very beginning when they're still at homecoming and they're all kind of like looking around for Emily. um, Arya's like, why don't we split up? And Hannah was like, no, I'm not splitting up. And she was like, you can come with me. And Spencer was like, so I'm the only one alone. And she was like, fine, we'll split up together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty good. I don't like Aria, like, at all. I liked her in the beginning. I don't like her anymore. But especially since her when her mum moved out and she's, like, not been there. Like, why are you so upset with your mum? Like, you're the one who held on to the secret. Mm, yeah. But also, like, that whole thing, she thinks she's real mature because she's dating a teacher. But that whole thing just shows how immature she is because she just thinks, like, first of all, that her mum and dad's relationship is her business. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't owe you a relationship. Um, and it is an adult thing that you don't grasp yet. Like, just because you've, you know... Eating pasta on the floor of a teacher's house doesn't mean you're suddenly some relationship guru and you know everything. Because her dad says to her, you know, that she has that interaction with her dad where her dad says, you know, me and your mum started dating when we were kids. And she's like, you weren't kids, you were in college. And he's like, no, we were kids. And then he says something like, you know, some things are still outside of your grasp. And she's like, yeah, and this isn't one of those. But I feel like that whole interaction, like, really shows how immature she is. And, like, yeah. she thinks she's grown, but she's got a lot of growing up to do. And you kind of see that again later on when she says to her mum, oh, I can't come to dinner at your house because then it's, like, me saying I'm okay with this when I'm not. Yeah. Like, that's not what it's saying. nothing to be it's... okay with. Yeah. Yeah. And but also it's not, not up to her saying. to be okay with it. Like, they don't need your blessing to stay together or to break up or whatever. Like, that's their relationship, not your relationship. Something else that she does that I didn't like is when Ezra isn't responding to her texts and emails and stuff, she just rocks up into his house, unlocks it, lets herself in and listens to his voicemails. Yeah. She went like real desperate those few episodes. Yeah. And then when he does show up, she confronts him and she's like, oh, um, you know, the other day you told me you cut your hair for me and then I don't hear from you for weeks. And I was like, that was a real immature line too. Also, can I just, is it weeks? Like, has it been weeks since he cut his hair? Since homecoming? 
it all happens in the space of a couple days, I think. This show's timeline is a, leaves a lot to be desired. Oh, just wait. <laughs> yeah, you just wait. There's there's a period of time that's like three weeks and it stretches out into like three seasons or something. <laughs> so something else that happens with Aria is that Hannah tries to set her up with Noel Khan to go to a concert. We find out that Aria has always had a bit of a crush on Noel, like mm. in the past couple of years. And at this point in time, she's like still too broken up about Fitz and also everything that's going on with her family. So she initially says no until she has a flashback of Ali being like, um, oh, you guys would be perfect together. And then she decides she should go and has her face down to her butt the whole time. And maybe I'm reading into this too much, but it's kind of like she's still sort of after Ali's approval, even like beyond the dead. I think, yeah, I think that's a little bit like, I think I agree with that. But the other part of it, I think, is she's struggling with that. She wants to wait for Ezra, but then she's also remembering that she did like Knoll once and Ezra's ignoring her and all that kind of stuff. So I think she's like, should I, shouldn't I? And totally she should have because he's much more age appropriate. <laughs> yeah, but if she liked someone, like let's say you like someone the way she supposedly liked Ezra, you wouldn't even have to contemplate. You'd be like, no. But also like, yeah, I think you touch on something that I was thinking as well while I was watching this but they haven't really even had a relationship yet like they talk about all this relationship and um everything but they haven't really even had a relationship yet their whole yeah. relationship has been whether they should or should not be together like just cut out all the all that stuff and just you know realize it's not an appropriate relationship something that I find really annoying about Arya and Ezra other than the obvious you know inappropriate relationship is that they're not at all subtle and somehow are not getting caught. So mm. in this, in Suna's favourite episode, in episode nine, um, they're, her and Noel are in like a room singing basically and Ezra walks in and Noel's like, oh, aren't you coming? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll just, um, I have to um, ask Mr. Fitz a homework question. I'll be, I'll be right there. Just doesn't get up or say anything. Like, how is that not sus? You're about to sit the SATs. Why would you have an English homework question right now? Yeah, it was extremely sus, because, especially because you could see that both of them were waiting for Noel to leave so they could talk. And Noel's like, uh, are you coming? <laughs> yeah, literally. So. Also, can we just talk about how Arya's mum and Fitz flooded in the cupboard? Yes. And how um, Arya's mum was like, thank you for being an adult in her life. And like, and him being like, yeah, cool. And it was super creepy. <laughs> She's all like, I'd be sitting in your lap right now. I know. Oh, my God. Cringe. That was the other cringe epi- uh, conversation of the episodes. I think that's all there is to say about her. So something I have as a note about episode seven, sorry, is that this is the day that no one went to school. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go on. So this is a random Monday. And Aria has skipped class to go um, snoop in Ezra's apartment. Mm-hmm. Um. Emily has skipped class to yeah go over her issues from the homecoming. She wasn't at school because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer went to go see if Alex was really working, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> Hannah just decided to skip class. That's why Sean brought her homework. Yeah, that's true. Actually, going back to Spencer, why did she have a date on a Monday when she had school? Exactly, and why was he not at school? Like by two days before the SATs, he was uh, doing melon balls instead. To be fair, he did say he gets time and a half or double time or something. But 
Yeah, we'll get back to that when we get to um, Spencer, which will be very shortly. But yeah, was there anything else we wanted to talk about? Um, the other thing I wanted to say about Aria was about Mike's fight is then she confronted Mike about the fight and um, said something about, you know, do you know what's going on? Did you say bye to mom? Which is like weird because an episode ago she was like yelling at him not to worry about it. And now she's like, do you even know what's going on? Like Aria, make up your mind. <laughs> and um, she, he said, I'm not thinking about mom and dad. So um, I think we hear more about what was going on in that fight in the next couple of episodes. But yeah. Um, yeah, that was um something thing to flag about what happened in Arya's timeline. I thought it was um interesting that Ella was the one that moved out though. Yeah, well Byron didn't want to move out. Yeah, that's right. And it kind of was I don't know um I guess it's kind of surprise thing because the way mm. they structured the scene. So Arya was like, "Did you say goodbye?" She didn't specify to who. And then you see Byron packing up the car. But then Ella yeah. gets in the car. So I think that was like the surprise bit that yeah that she was the one to go. And the yeah. next episode, Hannah's even like, isn't it a bit weird that your mum's the one that moved out? Mm. And Arya's like, why? Because my dad's the one who cheated. No, she says something else more snarky. And then she's like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. I think she says something like, um, no, should my dad have moved out instead? Because Hannah's dad moved out. Yeah, And then she right. apologises to Hannah for um, snapping at her. But yeah, yeah, it was like a surprise thing that she moved out. There was no winning with who went and who stayed. Absolutely. I kind of actually made the comment that um, she got the good end of the deal by moving out because he got all the parenting responsibility. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Leave him with all the chores and the kids. Spencer? Sadie, did you want to start? So Spencer, she wasn't... She had a lot going on, but nothing of like... Nothing major, I don't think. She started her relationship with Alex. You find out more about her mum. But Melissa's not in this episode, so she's got nothing to do. (laughs) Yes, so she goes and apologises to Alex and asks him for another chance. And then she goes and stalks the guy like, are you really here? Yeah, like, yeah, that's very um, overboard, isn't it? Like, the guy said he's working. Also, how did she get to the back of that um, place if it was closed? Like... Yes. If the workplace is closed, the doors are normally locked. An employee needs to open them with a key to get in. Like, how does she find her way into the back of the kitchen? Who's even there to um open the door? Actually, I've just realised I had a lot of thoughts about this episode um, in the, the Spencer and Alex relationship. So she gets there. How did she get in, first of all? <laughs> are we talking yeah. about the first time she's in the kitchen or second time? Um, I mean, they're all the same time. She just has a hissy fit and comes back. No, no, I mean, because when she goes to ask for Alex for a redo, oh. she's in the kitchen again. Yes. No, I I was talking about the second time only. Like, I was talking about the time when they were making the melon balls. I wasn't talking about okay. the time when the kitchen was staffed. Okay. Well, I have um, a comment on the time the kitchen was staffed. So she goes back to the, um, to the club and just somehow barges into the kitchen that's fully staffed. First of all, there's a lady there who's telling you you need to get out because it's a health and safety issue. It's... um not okay that you're here and stuff mm. um and she's like oh i won't be, go near the chowder and i'll wear a hairnet or something yeah i've had all my shots <laughs> but also that thing might be true but it's such an entitled um opinion to have like okay but what if everyone was here in the kitchen it would be chaos <laughs> yeah exactly and that's what i was going to say and then later on when she's at the place the second time um she's like what did I do to earn a spot in this cupboard I'm you know she was so shocked because she's always so nice and everything but she is entitled yeah 
Yeah, like people told you to get out and you didn't. <laughs> That's one of the things. Um, but I realised the comment I actually had about this part was for the next part, so I'll let you go. Yeah, well, go for it. What was it? So in the second part when she's there and she's melon balling with Alex and everything. Um, melon balling main... with Alex. <laughs> Yeah, she's melon balling with Alex. What else do you want to call? She's making fruit kebabs. Yeah, I just like that it was a verb. Okay, go on. She's melon balling with Alex. Yeah, so she's melon balling with Alex, and then the big chef guy comes out and he's like, "If you need anything, don't call me." Also, she can help you out if she wears a hairnet. But Alex has like chin length, flowy hair, bro. Why doesn't he have to wear a hairnet? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe. I was going to say, because she also didn't put it on properly. Half her hair was out. She had, like, the, um... Hair strands? <laughs> okay, well, she still has the strands hanging out of um her, her hair and out of her hair net. So how effective is it? And why doesn't Alex have to wear one? And that's me done. Your turn, Sonna. <laughs> yeah, so what was I going to say? Yeah, the first thing is, so this is, I'm talking about the second time she goes into the kitchen when um she's like, is he really working? Is he not working? And she just appears in the kitchen. My first question is, if the club is closed on Mondays, how does she get into the kitchen? Like, does this place not lock any of their doors? (laughs) Like, how does she get there? That was my first thing. My second thing is, I get that they're, you know, in slightly different classes of, um, you know, Alex has to work for a living and Spencer is still at a stage where she's, you know, supported by her relatively wealthy parents. Mm-hmm. But they're not so different that Spencer never has to work. Like, she's not so rich that she doesn't have to work. Like, her parents are working. They're, like, upper middle class, I want to say, or, like, middle class, right? Mm. Like, they're doing well, but they're working. So the comment that Alex makes about imagine if they could see their daughter now, if the Hastings could see their daughter now and she's making melon balls and stuff, like, I don't think that's that weird. <laughs> like, like she's not Like, she's not a princess, like, her parents are working people. Exactly. Like, he's not allowed and poor, and she's not princess rich. Like, no, she's not. Yeah, her parents are wealthy enough that she doesn't need to work to survive and go to school. But she's not so rich that doing work would be beneath her. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. Like, her, her dad literally had to throw a tennis match to keep a client. Yeah. Like, her, both her parents work. Like, they're working. But they're well off. Like for EG, when she's at home, she has to make her own fruit kebab still. Yeah, so you know she ain't that rich. <laughs> so yeah, like that whole comment of like, imagine if they could see their girl now. Like, I just found it very odd because it's like, she's still, she's not that rich that she's never, like, she's not Kendall Jenner that doesn't know how to cut a cucumber. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, she's cut a cucumber before. That's that's the wealth class she's in. Like, she's well off. She doesn't need to worry about money. But she cuts her own cucumber. Is this what you guys found weird? Like, I hadn't thought about it until this point, right? That comment. But mm-hmm. do you know what I found weird? The fact, like, the, the guy is 12 and he's like, I'm controlling this now. What's he controlling? I missed it. Their date. Like, I'm going to be in control. Like, you're 12. Oh, yes. I found that whole scene, like, where they, you know, started dancing in the kitchen and they're like, super romantic and then they like fall into each other's arms and they have this like deep romantic kiss nothing is like that when you're 16 it's like super awkward you have a boyfriend and you don't talk to them that's how it works <laughs> yeah you definitely don't have like a mid lunchtime salsa dance and then make out on the kitchen counter yeah on a right? monday on a Monday when you're meant to be at school um but also can I just say how unsanitary that is yes 
Okay, can we move over to the bitch board now? Yes. Okay, my first comment about it is that she's seen it, right? She was mm-hmm. like, oh, how am I on this? Blah, blah, blah. Right? But then she still decides to go on a date with this guy. Like, she didn't end it. Mm. But also, I don't think he necessarily put that there. And I think he even said, that's the first time I've seen that. But also, yeah, it's another thing of, like, her ego, I feel like. Because there was so many people on there. Like, the rest of her family was on there. Other people she knew yeah. was on there. But she was, like, not concerned about that. She saw the rest of her family. She's like, these ones, I get. Me, yeah. not so much. She's like, me, but I'm perfect. Why would I be up here? <laughs> Why yeah. would I, Spencer Hastings, be on this board? She was, like, accosted. She was like, ah, me never. Yeah. Don't you see me melon balling with the common folk? <laughs> um so about this scene guys i'm not sure if um you guys know this as well but so on her obviously on her photo she was given like a little goatee and horns to like indicate that she's the devil i guess Mm -hmm. but did you guys notice that hers was the only one that was red no i didn't but that is a good pickup maybe it was a that's what my notes were going to be because Alex says yeah. he's never seen her photo there before and she's the only one in red. So I think maybe this was a sneaky A message and we just didn't realise it the first few times we watched it. That's a very good point. If it was A, they would make sure you knew it was A. There would be like an A somewhere. Mm. And it should be, then it would like scream into her being shocked. Oh my gosh. But then she wouldn't have been hurt though if, it, if she thought it was A as opposed to Alex. So it might not have been A. I could be completely wrong, but this is just yeah. something I noticed and I'm theorizing. Yeah. Why are you theorizing on a show that you've watched like four times? Because there's still so many mysteries. A quick summary of the show. A is not for answers. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the tagline for Shadeswood. Yeah, I thought so. I just thought of it just then. How clever. <laughs> so clever. <laughs> And now I'm going to go melon ball with the common folk. (laughs) (laughs) Go do it. (laughs) But yeah, I think you're right. Because if that was A, and if they had signed it as A, then it wouldn't have had the effect that A wanted it to have. Like if she didn't, like, because the whole impact of it was that she thought people there didn't like her and Alex was one of those people. Yeah, and that's pretty much all that happened. No, you find out about Spencer's mum and Alex. Um, When they... When they're all stuck at the school and it's all dark and everything, like the lights aren't working, uh, Alex and Veronica, which is uh, Spencer's mum, meet and Veronica acts really weird. And she's like, oh, so you're Alex. Like, oh, I didn't put two, two and two together. And then Spencer tries to find out from Alex what all that was. And she sa- he says, I think your mum should tell you. Cut a long story short, so she does. Yeah. So she finds out that um, Veronica's secret was one night she got really drunk and spilled her guts to Alex and what she had told him was about how she had um, breast cancer, wasn't it? Yep, she had a lump removed from her breast. She had some sort of a cancer thing that she got cut out and she's fine. She says she's in good health now, but it was a really scary time and um, the only person she could offload on was basically Alex because the Hastings don't handle imperfections well. And then um, Spencer says very nicely to her mum that, you know, being sick isn't an imperfection. And they bond over that moment. And then she says, oh, by the way, Alex is a nice kid. So is that everything for Spencer as well now? So I just have another note here that she also creeps on Jenna in the library. So Spencer's literally perched on this woman's shoulder, breathing down her neck. <laughs> is she or is she not melon balling though? 
she's just perching. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she's like, Jenna's like, oh, is someone there? And she's like shocked that she saw her, or not saw her, but like se- sensed her there when she's literally breathing in her ear. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jenna kind of makes it sound like that she's going to kind of expose them all during the memorial, but then gives a long speech about how Alison's one of the strongest people that she's ever met and that she's actually thankful for Alison, mm. which I thought was a bit a bit random. Yeah, but also it's another one of those things of like, why did you act sus this whole time? Like, why didn't you just say, I want to thank Alison? <laughs> well, I think it was to make the other girls squirm. So we also find out in this episode from Jason that Alison told every like um told Jason that she was the one who mm. insisted on sending the stink bomb into Jenna's like shed thing yep. and blinded her. So if Jenna thinks the same, which um, Spencer then contemplates later with the girls, being like, did she tell Jenna this as yeah. well when she went to visit her? And there is a chance she may have because Jenna makes that comment to her about, you know, Alison was scared of you. Alison told me she was scared of you. So it sounds like Alison was saying stuff about Spencer to other people. Yeah, and she makes some comment. I don't have it in my notes, but she makes some comment being like, and is that why you did what you did? Mm. One of you did what you did. Yeah, I just think it was, like, the reason she made such a big deal about it was to make Spencer and the other girls, like, squirm, I guess. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I was going to say to round off the episode was at the end of um, A Perfect Storm, we see someone else who only has one pair of shoes, <laughs> and that is Lucas. Yeah. So at the end, we see that Emily's muddy shoes will be because she was at the memorial but she didn't destroy it um and it was a bit of a red herring but Mm. then at the end of the episode hannah and lucas are talking and she says to him that i'm your friend now and she starts walking away and he calls after her like oh hannah and then we scan over and we see that his shoes and he's got muddy shoes so that's how the um, the episode ends Yeah, so that really, like, kind of, I guess, is trying to get us to think that it was Lucas who maybe destroyed the um, the memorial. But also, my question is, why do more people not have muddy shoes? There's literally a storm going on. Yeah, because the only mud available in Rosewood is at the memorial site. (laughs) (laughs) All the pigs of Rosewood rejoice. (laughs) (laughs) Just before... I forget. Something I had a question about, actually, maybe you can help me clarify. Um, So Wilden goes in and goes through Emily's bag, obviously, and is accusing her of um, killing Alison because she didn't want the letter to be exposed and everything like Mm. that. Does he out her to the rest of the group? Well, kind of. I think he was on the verge of outing her and then she blurts it out. Um, and starts telling them. Oh, so she did blurt it out. Yeah, but I think he was, like, okay. just about to say it. He was like, why don't you tell them okay. that, you know, what?" I think he was hinting at what was in the letter and um, how she felt about her and stuff. It was either she said it or he was about to say it. So then she started blurting it out that, yeah. you know, I liked her as more than a friend. So I think I missed that part because I had in my notes because afterwards Aria comes up to her and is like, I know that Alison loved you, maybe not in the way you wanted her to, but she loved you. And I kind of think I must have like glazed over or missed the part where she actually told the girl that she had feelings for her because I was like, wow, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. So it was in that episode at the time that Wilden confronted her and it was, yeah, basically Wilden was like cornering her. Um, and then she just started telling the girls like, yeah, I liked Alison. And the reason I went to the memorial was to apologize for what she had written yeah. in that letter that Asa did, which is like, I think another one of those convenience factors because 
She went to the memorial to apologize about what was in that letter the night before. Then the next day, A gives her that same letter. Like, how did yeah. A know what was on your brain? <laughs> like, and how how were you and A on the same wavelength that you were both worried about this letter at the exact same time? This letter that has been nowhere to be seen for the last year. How did you both think about this at the same time in this episode? That's a good point, actually. And you know how Sadie earlier was like Melissa? Yeah. Maybe it's Emilia. Emilia. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas. Um. Luke asks Spencer. Spencer, yeah. <laughs> Aria, Hannah, yeah, could be anyone. But yeah, so I thought that was also because like we already knew that Wilson was not a great person, but he was like a great A skis bag Wilden. for basic. Yeah, Wilden. Is that, is that not what I said? You said Wilson. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I just really don't like that volleyball. Okay. Wilson was a great volleyballer. Can you watch your mouth? Um, sorry, Wilden. We already knew he wasn't a great guy or anything by any means. Mm-hmm. And like just doing that to Emily, adding someone or forcing someone to out themselves when they're not ready is just really skeevy and I think horrible. Mm. Basically, did you see Rebel Wilson came out this week? Yeah, I did. Yeah, well, the same thing almost happened to her. So apparently like I forget which newspaper was basically like we're going to run this story about you dating um, that girl. And we're going to publish it in two days. Mm-hmm. So she felt pressure to um, out herself before the newspaper did, which is like, you know, very skeevy. Like, why are you like this? Like, just let people enjoy their yeah. lives. If she wants you to know, she'll tell you. Like, I just thought that was really insensitive. It is really insensitive. And I didn't know that was the reason why. I didn't really look into it. I was just like, oh, cool. Yeah. That's nice to see. Yeah. You know, Rebel Wilson happy with a partner. Yeah, it is nice to see. But it wasn't nice how she was, like, forced to maybe go public before she wanted to. Um, So, and the last thing I was going to say about this show, actually, now that we talked about the whole Wilden thing, is that um, Veronica finally told Wilden what his place was. She called him out for once again, cornering the girls and asking them a million questions. And she was like, this is not admissible. Yeah. Without an adult present, just like hounding them all the time. Um, she finally called him out on it. So that was a really good thing to see. Yeah, I agree. I really like Veronica as a character. I think she's just a real bad bitch, you know? Yeah, she's she's good. She's a strong woman. She works hard and she's good at what she does and she's assertive and strong and I just, I really like it. Yeah. So I think that's, um, everything on the actual show. Oh, and also the episode ends with another mysterious A sort of message. So episode nine ends with A sitting at their laptop and there's a video of Alice on the screen saying, I know you want to kiss me. And you see them transferring onto a USB and putting it in an envelope um, addressed to the Rosewood Police Department from Anonymous. Yes, I did notice that. Yes, good point. I had forgotten that's how it ended. Yeah, so we'll see what comes of that. I think that's the start of us getting more hints about... um, what happened? What happened to Alison the night of the yellow jacket, the yellow top? Because <laughs> she's wearing it that night, so yeah. uh, in that video, so that's the night she died by the looks of it. Because we know people in Rosewood don't repeat out. They don't, unless it's shoes that are muddy. Oh, by the way, um, before we move on to the uh, end business, we should talk about something that we haven't raised yet, which is the um, the romance that Ashley and Byron have or like the almost the romance that they have when the lights are down and it's all spooky and they're hanging out um, at Ashley's house. Yes, that's a very good point. So um, the lights go out when the storm happens, the electricity goes out, 
first at Byron's house and he's in desperate need to send a fax, um, which we later find out was a permission slip for a uh, excursion that his son is already on. He's already got, gone. So I don't understand what the urgency was. Also, who uses fax? Why didn't you just email them at this stage? Like, A is taunting them through social media. Clearly, these things exist. And also, Ashley raises a good point. Why don't you just call the coach? Yeah, call the coach. Like, what is he doing? Um, So he goes to Ashley's to try and fax the form across and then the lights go out at her house too. And um, then they're kind of talking while it's all dark and um, sexy they're all like yeah we should totally grab dinner and they make plans to go out and then they decide uh, when the lights come back on they kind of come back to their senses and they decide maybe that wasn't such a smart idea yeah and can I just say Byron cannot be that cut up about his marriage if he's making a date already yeah but also like why are we feeling sorry for him when it was his fault like yeah. the relationship troubles you're having is because you cheated <laughs> it's because she moved out we all know the villain moves out all the time yeah yeah he acts like the victim and he's like i don't know how these things work but like also what kind of a human are you if you can't even send a fax because your wife is gone now like (laughs) the other thing about this scene that i just found so funny was um when the lights come back on byron and ashley are standing over the fax machine like the lights have been gone for ages they've done other things they've sat down and discussed and planned dates but when the lights come back on, they're standing over the fax machine. Like, you know the fax machine is not working. It was just like, I think, strategic placement for when the lights came back on for the camera. So the camera was already there and they were already ready to talk about, you know, resolve the scene and say, okay, the fax was already sent, we've solved our problem. But, like, the fact that they started off in front of the fax machine when there's no lights was very weird for that scene. But, yeah, they were um, my observations about that scene. Did you have any thoughts, Sadie? Yeah, so, like, I'm not feeling sad for Arya's dad because he's the one that ruined his own marriage. Mm. And then you've got Hannah's mum who is upset about her marriage but also sleeping with a detective. Yeah, I think she's currently not sleeping with Wilden. But a few episodes ago, she finally had it and kicked him out. Like, she had that mama bear moment where she ended up kicking him out when he went through um, Hannah's bag and stuff. And then I think he hasn't been back there since. That's another point that I want to bust discuss speaking of like wilden how is Mm. this man even a police yeah agree (laughs) like why is he constantly taking teenagers away from their parents to question them not in police headquarters or police station like in the middle of a school taking their bags and searching them and then like being shocked when you know someone says says otherwise to I don't know. He got his um certificate online, I think. <laughs> <laughs> also, he's the only cop in Rosewood. Yeah. <laughs> he's the only one to see. He does everything from um minor infringements to murder investigations. And also vandalism cases. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. Not to mention, he like let slip to the liars that Allison called Toby or Toby called Allison the day she died. He didn't like let it slip. I think he like threw that in Jason's face to prove he was making progress on the investigation. Yeah, I agree. Because Jason was accusing him of not having, um, not doing a good job. And he threw that out there as things that we were holding back. But also I did have a comment about this that I forgot about. So I'm glad you raised it. I don't know that that's making the point that he thinks it's making. Because if they're only now finding... Ali's call logs and stuff like where have you been for the past year 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like everything stopped until her body was found. Yeah, because they didn't have to wait until her body was found to do that. Like, if they had their phone and it was a missing child case, like, they could have gone through and seen who called her before that. They didn't yeah. even need to have her phone. They could have just contacted her provider. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. They could have done all of this one year ago and they would have had um, great reason to get a warrant out to be able to do that sort of stuff because a child has gone missing. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I don't know that that was the flex he thought it was because... You had this information available to you a year ago when she went missing, and um, you could have tapped into it then. Complete idiot. I hate that character. Yeah. Was there anything else on the show that we wanted to cover before we move on to um, the end of the show? Um, nothing from me, I don't think. We're introducing in this episode a brand new segment that we're really excited for, which is the Reddit post of the fortnight. So we're really active participants in the Reddit community for Pretty Little Liars. And we're constantly astounded by the amazing posts that people provide. Um, there's a lot of posts that provide insights into, you know, nitty gritty little scenes and pretty little liars, uh, hypotheticals about what the characters might be like or what they were thinking, um, thoughts on uh, the show in general, but also just like, as you'll come to see in these examples here, just like strange links from the outside world to and modernization of um like Pretty Little Liars in today's age. So like, there's all sorts of things being posted all the time. The one restriction we're placing on this segment is that it can't have spoilers. So I'll only be introducing posts that um, either have no spoilers, like are just general comments, or they relate to parts of the show that we've already discussed. And this is for Sadie's benefit as she hasn't seen the next few episodes, like the next, the rest of the season. So there's actually quite a lot of excellent posts that are theorizing things in later seasons or like talking about things that happen in later seasons. But unfortunately, um, we can't include those in this section because they'll be massive, massive spoilers. With those parameters in place, um, our favorite Reddit posts for this week were one from, so we couldn't narrow it down. We actually picked two topics by three different um, users. The first one is a fun little find from user RichP91 and they found a clip of, um, oh, what's her name? Ella. What's her real name? Holly. Mar- Holly Marie Combs. Yes, Holly Marie Combs, yes. They found a clip of Holly Marie Combs in uh, Charmed where she's talking about A and I just thought it was really funny. Like out of context, <laughs> it just seems hilarious given that she's in both shows so She's running through and saying, had a big, great big A on his chest. What about A? Um, it's just, I don't know. I just found it so funny. Um, it was such a good find. Or is a clue? Does A have a great, great big A on their chest? It could be. Okay, so far my clues are A has a lot of time and he's got a great big A on his chest. Didn't you have another? Oh, yeah. Our first clue was that they spoke English. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they speak English. They have a lot of time. And they have a hand. No, the, the hand is not confirmed because that could have been a foot. <laughs> yes, correct. Unconfirmed. Yeah, so I was going to say the next posts, are, um, they're along the same similar lines, but a user called Happiness Over Everyth made this really great post about what would the liars be wearing if the show was in today's day? So instead of being set in the early 2000s, what would they be wearing? if it's set now 
and they went ahead and did um, a slide for each of the liars and the kind of outfits they'd be wearing today. And it was really excellent. And then um, user Alice M L L six or is it Alice M one one six? I can't read my own writing. Alice M one one six also made um, a follow up post to that where they put their own interpretation of what the liars might be wearing in this. Yeah, they were both um, really in good. Today's though. age. They were both really good, but I want to throw a special shout out to Alice's frilly yellow dress, <laughs> um, Alison's yellow frilly dress, because I was just like, oh my God, that is so spot on, because that's all we see Alison in. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That is really good. And it's very on brand for Alison. So just, yeah. Thanks, guys. Quality, quality content. And with that, I think it's time for our worst sister stories. Sadie, do you want to get us started with your worst sister story this week? So um, this uh, last week we had a phone call from our uncle who lives overseas and he said that he was going to come stay, so, stay with us for a week. Um, me and my husband both went into panic mode because we had sort of let the house go after having the kids. So we had like the usual like um, drawings all over the walls. It, it wasn't It wasn't very presentable I guess so we sort of panic <laughs> renovated the entire house in the last week I just want to really highlight here that she didn't panic clean the house she panic renovated the house <laughs> what <laughs> renovations took place in the last week to make way for his arrival crown molding painting and deep new cleaning cupboards. the couches <laughs> yeah. new cupboards yes new I forgot about the cupboards and the chandeliers the crown molding is my favourite though who crown molds my husband because not only like he didn't even try and calm me down he joined in on my panic some would say he made it worse <laughs> yes definitely yeah. he definitely made it worse uh, that's um, so funny what's your worst sister story Arsum? so we had a public holiday on monday um because of the queen's birthday which was nice and i spent this day um getting ready for an interview i had on tuesday so tuesday morning i get up you know i get dressed because I work from home, I usually work out of my pajamas. So I actually get dressed into like real people clothes and everything. Um, did my hair, put on makeup and everything. Spent um, the morning like looking over my notes, getting ready, being really nervous. I went to the bathroom about a hundred times. Like <laughs> I was so nervous because interviews always freak me out. Um, and then interviews about to start. I'm sitting at my computer. I'm waiting for the questions to be sent to me. And after five minutes. They hadn't come, so I went into my calendar to try and get the contact details and reach out to the people who sent me the invite um, for the interview. And jokes on me, the interview was the next day. (laughs) (laughs) So then you did it all again today. I did it all again today. (laughs) Um, But I was actually a lot less nervous than I was yesterday, so maybe having the practice run was good for me. But also, like, it could have been worse, like, if you, as long, you got the date wrong in the right way. Like, imagine yes. if you had missed the day. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my worst as a story of the week. I don't know how to read a calendar. <laughs> What's yours, Suna? <laughs> well, mine is kind of dumb, but this is the no. story of how. <laughs> <laughs> when, <laughs> when have we ever done anything dumb? Yes, I know. When have we done anything dumb? It's a mystery. <laughs> but um, so the other day I went into the office for the first time in a while. And this is the story of how I <laughs> scammed two cups of coffee out of one. 
<laughs> Tell us more. So I went to coffee with one of my colleagues um, and I got a chai latte. I thought I'll, I'll be a little bit fancy and get a chai latte. And so bougie. So bougie. I get my chai latte <laughs> and I'm sipping on it like the sophisticated person that I am. And I've noticed that this latte is particularly weak. <laughs> like it's, it doesn't have a lot of flavour. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Um, Did you think maybe you had COVID? No, I didn't. I should have thought of that. But I just thought, ah, this is weak. I thought maybe because um, I've been making my own chai lattes at home, I thought maybe I'm just making them stronger at home and I'm not used to this mm. flavour anymore. Um so, yeah, and then I get to the bottom of it and, like, chunks, chunks, actual chunks of chai latte powder were still down there. I think they didn't even stir it. Like, it was just they just poured milk on top of the powder and the powder did not dissolve at all. Whatever molecules of flavour <laughs> loaded up. It was up. like essence, essence of chai latte is what I was drinking, not an actual chai latte. So, um, they. They dipped the cinnamon stick in milk and gave it to you. <laughs> yeah, basically. But then I, like the little scab that I am, <laughs> used the free milk in my uh, kitchen at work to use that leftover pad to make myself another chai latte. <laughs> <laughs> and I must have looked like the biggest dope doing it in the kitchen as well because I still had my paper takeaway cup that I was using. So I'm like over there pouring milk into my takeaway cup and then I put the whole cup in the microwave. And then only after I put it in the microwave, I started thinking to myself, oh gosh, I hope the glue on this doesn't melt. (laughs) The coffee goes everywhere. (laughs) Because that thought did not occur to me at all. Like I did not think this cup is not made for the microwave. Thankfully it was fine. I got another cup of tea and it was more flavorful than my first one. So two for the price of one. So that's how you get a two for one deal if you're me. On the plus side, like maybe if um, some of our senior managers saw me, maybe they're like, man, this girl is struggling. She needs a promotion. <laughs> so yeah, that was um, my worst sister story for this week. I think um, Sadie wins this week. I think so too. There's nothing like renovating a house uh, in one week. <laughs> and, right, like... He gets here and you can't even say that this is the renovations I've been doing. You have to pretend that you've been living this way the entire time. Yes, of course, because that defeats the purpose. <laughs> He's like, um, oh, where'd you get these light fittings from? And you're like, I don't know, I've had them for so long. <laughs> and there's still a price tag on them or something. <laughs> like when you've just panic cleaned your entire house and someone walks in, you're like, sorry for the mess. And you know there's no mess because you just panic cleaned it. But my favorite thing is like when you panic clean not just you just like the royal you everyone does this I don't know why it's Um, the royal way but go on (laughs) when um you clean for an absolute stranger to come over like a plumber or something because god forbid like a random person that you're never gonna see again perceives you as slightly messy (laughs) (laughs) what if that plumber tells his other plumber buddy who then tells his you know, handyman buddy, who then tells his I don't know who else buddy, and everyone knows in the tri-state area <laughs> the house was a mess. First of all, none of us live anywhere near the tri-state area. I don't even have three states to have a tri-state area. I live in a tiny little country. I don't know why I said it. So I don't 
the tri-state area is <laughs> we don't live anywhere near a tri-state area the second thing is don't these plumbers have anything else going on so if anyone has any uh, panic cleaning stories reach out to us on facebook and instagram at worst sister shire or on twitter <laughs> at sister worst <laughs> So he's really into the social media. Yeah, on Twitter at SisterWorst. <laughs> you can also follow us on our new Reddit page, rworstershire. Or you can send us an email at worstsistershire at gmail.com. And one day we will teach Sadie our socials. <laughs> Thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next week. On the count of three, guys. Yep. One. One. Two. two three. Three. Had a bum. Had a bum. <laughs> so <Close> good. <laughs> so good. <laughs>